0: listening to The Breakfast Show, right here, live on Faith FM, broadcasting from Finland, broadcasting from Australia, both in Toronto and in Newcastle. Shell producing there in Newcastle, uh, Lawson representing for the city from Canada that's actually in Australia. Mm-hmm. Lawson, how are you doing this morning?
1: Oh, dude, I'm I'm doing so well. I'm, I'm so good. <laughs> Ask me why. Okay,
0: uh, Lawson... Why are you doing so well, so good?
1: I don't know. It's just a good day. Nah, <laughs> nah, I got some stuff to say. No, no, no. I, I, um. So yesterday, yesterday at the moment, uh, Newcastle Uni, as I've been mentioning, that they're, they're running their, their O week stall, meeting people and whatnot. And because I I used to work in Newcastle Uni, but now I'm not there anymore. So, you know. There's not heaps of reason for me to go other than maybe just to see my friends or whatever it may be. But I was doing some, some work in town. I was doing some stuff in town and I was like, oh, it's lunchtime and O week orientation week always has free food that they give to new students. And so I jumped in my car and drove over to the uni and uh, I saw a lot, I saw lots of my friends and I met a bunch of new people and I was like, Hey, you know you you're cool. You should you should meet my friends at this club, and oh, you should come to dinner with us on Friday night. And people were like, yeah, I should do that. Um, but then I got stacks of free food, dude. O week is the best. They're just giving away free stuff to all the new students to. So, know, what club are you them. going to?
0: You you guys going to the clubs now?
1: Uh is that what you're just saying? Uh, no, <laughs> like not at all. Like my club at, at university oh like it's a, it's a christian club. Was, uni club not okay. the club sound like that <laughs> really okay well no it was it was a club it's it's like uh one of the christian clubs that i'm a, I'm a part of at uni okay that, cool that is amazing shout out Asoc and shout out the awesome work that they're doing so i was i was really blessed with that and free food yesterday that yeah, does okay. sound fun honestly
0: well, the age of sabotage is upon us as multiple trains derail in recent weeks, all carrying toxic materials, now building in the waters and airways. While Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch claims that U.S. Navy divers are responsible for Nord Stream Two pipeline explosions back in September 2022.
1: You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson coming at you live from Finland and Australia. Got a few more days here in Finland before I come back to Australia where we can meet together again in the studio with producer Shell. Lawson, do you have a quiz clue and are you ready to share it?
1: Of course I do, but before I get into it, shout out to my friends Izzy and Jingro who are listening to the show right now and texting me that they've been loving the music so far this morning, even though that was our first song that just played and they were like, wow, this is a banger. So shout out to those guys, my friends from church, but hey, we have our first clue for the quiz today. Now, all of these clues, they start off difficult, get easier and easier as we work through. They're all working towards one answer. But depending on where you get the the answer right, or depending on which clue you get the answer right from, you get more or less points. So the earlier ones have more points, the later ones have less points. This first one for 500 points. In Hosea 6, the Lord says that Judah and Ephraim are like I was because they broke the covenant. 491 So, this is a who am I quiz. We're looking for okay. a person here. And in Hosea 6, the Lord says that Judah and Ephraim are like I was because they broke the the covenant. 0491064669 is the number to call or text. If you call or text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win two books. Firstly, Simply Put by Lauren Wade, which is an amazing book outlining the clear teachings of Scripture that God has given us. The second book is Letters from a Skeptic, which is kind of a father-son conversation going on over letter, which is something that doesn't really happen anymore, but over letter about their questions about God, and particularly a father's questions to his son about why it is that he is converted. I don't want to spoil the ending. It's an amazing book that I got to read when I was a brand new Christian. I was 18. So, we would like you to read it. We want to give it to you for free. You just have to win that draw. And to get in the draw, you just have to answer these questions correctly. So, 0491 064 669. In Hosea 6, the Lord says that Judah and Ephraim are like I was because they broke the covenant.
0: Hmm. Very, very... Uh, that's kind of a very obscure clue and I'm just trying to... I'm trying to actually It's intentionally
1: that. obscure. But they'll get easier as they, as we work our way through the quiz this morning.
0: Excellent stuff. Today I actually went, uh, did a little solo trek through Helsinki, and I just want to say there is probably the coolest library in the world that I've ever been to, at least in Helsinki. It has studios that you can rent out for free, music recording studios at the <gasps> library that the public what? can access. Yeah, and it's not just like one or two; it's like I think there's like six or seven of them, actually. And uh, instruments that you can use, any instrument that you want to use, they're all free to the public to use. Any instrument? Yeah, they're all there. In locked cases, you just go up to the front counter and say, I would like to book a room. And then you can go in and you can play and record your own music to the public for free. Recording studios available here in Helsinki. There are also 3D printers all around. There's like a chess club that sits downstairs and they just play chess all day. There's books and a bunch of Finnish language books that I couldn't read, but there was a few English ones that I had a look at. There's a whole like children's section as well too. It is just honestly it's the coolest library I've ever seen in my life. And on it, I would strongly recommend people to come check out Helsinki and then I started to walk around the area late at night and uh, not late at night. I mean, it gets late at 5 p.m. <laughs> but I started to walk around in the dark and I was like, wow, Helsinki at night is beautiful as well, too. But then I got so cold, barely functioned because my phone, I don't know if you knew this, but your phone actually yeah. lose power extremely quickly. And so I had to get an Uber back to the house before I froze into a little tiny icicle so that's kind of what I was doing today, but Lawson, I want to know: Do you have any good news for us?
1: Dude, I have some good news, but I just I'm just feeling like telling stories, you know, of just good stuff that that goes on, the happenings, the good happenings of life. And last night I met with my friend, shout out Jay. We went and we had a Bible study together. But before the Bible study, we usually go somewhere to eat, and and we go kind of back and forth on picking the restaurant. Uh, but last night he picks his restaurant. He's like, he's like oh, dude, I'm going to take you to this restaurant. And it was like fine dining and really oh. expensive. <laughs> and um, and I enjoyed it. It was like a fine dining Italian restaurant. I enjoyed it. He didn't enjoy it so much. My friend Jay is very Chinese. I think he likes Italian food, but there was, yeah, it was. What, what was the place? His, 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 it's called, well, it's like a kind of an Australian Italian place. Oh, what was the name of it? um remember called lock something lock uh um, lock the doors like Italian lockness monster oh it kind? lock farm no lock <laughs> lock and sons something like that I'll get the name okay. for you guys but yeah this place so this this lock place that we went to uh yeah it was it was Uh, pretty good. It, it's not like a, I'm, I'm vegan, so I'm plant-based. I don't eat meat or eggs or dairy or whatever. So usually I don't have high hopes for, uh, uh, high class venues that, that do that kind of food because often I find if it's, if it's fine dining and their main thing is meat and then they have vegetarian food as well, it's almost always bad. You're always getting scammed. Always, always, always. I paid a hundred and I think it was $110 for a five course meal one time in the Hunter Valley at like a two Michelin star restaurant. And I've done fine dining. Like I'm, I'm not like fine dining illiterate, like feed me macas type deal. Like I know, I know, I know how fine dining works. Okay. You're a refined. Gentlemen. That's right. But I was scammed. It was terrible. It was awful, awful, awful. But the food last night was really, really good. And it was very authentically Italian. Like, when they make the pasta and they only have three, four ingredients. And it was like, you know, they'd they'd simmered the sauce for ages and stuff like that. Like, it was really, really good. So, shout out that place, which I'll find the name of soon. But the best part was is that I'm a student, and uh, my Bible study uh, that I do with this guy, my friend, he's not a student, and so he has money, and he's just always compelled to pay for me and look after me, and I'm like, no, no, dude, it's all right, I can pay, and he's like, nah, bro, I got you, it's all good, and I was just like, wow, it's such a blessing, like, I'm going out of my way, I'm using my time to teach someone what I know about the Bible, and at, in certain times in my life, I've been paid to do that as working as a Bible worker and whatnot. At the moment, I'm not. It's just something I'm doing because I believe teaching the Bible is the right thing to do. And in response to that, like the people who you're teaching the Bible to, God just works out a way for you to get looked after. So yesterday I had so, I ate so much food between a week lunch and that dinner. I was just like eating all this amazing food. Um, but it was completely free. And You're it just like came as a, a renewal. That's right. But it just came as a result of, oh, I'm going to be used by God today uh, to do his work. So I, um, I'm i super pleased. I'm super stoked. I may be a little bit heavier in weight because I've eaten so much good food. Uh, the
0: lesson I'm learning here is Bible studies lead to fine dining. I mean, that's, that's right. That's no, Bible
1: studies lead, Actually, lead to Bible getting
0: studies, up. Bible studies. Do lead to fine dining eventually, no yeah. matter what, at, like at God's table in heaven. Amen. Point, yeah, at some point, Bible studies will lead to fine dining, either in this life or in the next, when we eat at the long silver table that we will all uh, share a meal with. You know, I, I have the analogy that uh, heaven—no one will have elbows in heaven because we will only be feeding the people from the other side
1: of the table because no one will be selfish in heaven. Now, we're going to have elbows. I really hope that's not true. I (laughs) really like having elbows. Yeah, no, we're going to have elbows. But the the, the thought process is no one will have a selfish
0: um, bone in their body. In heaven, it will all be about serving other people and we will enjoy it and we will love it. So get used to serving other people here because this is the practice for that life of service in heaven as well, too.
1: Mm. And I hope one day I can be wealthy enough to pay for people's fine dining. You know, and so I was, uh, I was, I was blessed. But up until that point, I'm just going to teach the Bible and let people pay for me.
0: <laughs> when when you get your first paycheck, uh, I'm going to call you up and be like, "Hey, I'm ready for you to take me out to eat."
1: <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM positively different
0: who likes to talk about fine dining and the finer things of life studying the bible lawson amen i need another quiz clue this one's worth 400 points if i'm not mistaken and you are ready to go number two clue let the listeners have it
1: for 400 points it's simply this i was 930 years old when i died which is a fair bit older than I am right now. Just a little bit. Just just oh. a little bit. So I was 930 years old when I died. If you know who this is, 0491 064 669 is the number to call or text. And if you call or text and get that the answer to our quiz correct, your name will be put into the drawer to win our amazing books for this week. We have Simply Put by Lauren Wade and Letters from a Skeptic as well. We'll give them to you for free. You just have to answer these clues correct. Get your name in the drawer. Again, I was 930 years old when I died.
0: right. So, an Ohio-based U.S. Senator J.D. Vance, he has Mm. issued a statement regarding the aftermath of a train derailment disaster in East Palestine Ohio, not the Palestine that you're thinking of. Okay, so East Palestine is a city in Ohio, and Whoa. a train got derailed, and it basically had a catastrophic explosion with a controlled release of vinyl chloride. Right, that mm-hmm. has gone out into the into the ether, really. You know, out into the environment all around. Right, uh, and it released frightening plumes of black smoke. Uh, and you can see that all over social media mm-hmm. as well. Then, what's crazy is, uh, so Vance is a U.S. senator, and he's mm-hmm. basically saying, uh, "This is his final quote in his statement." Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, "Well, first he says that once the cleanup is completed and everyone's safety is insured, he and his team are going to look into what can be done to prevent future accidents like this one." In reference to, there's been two other train derailments with toxic chemicals being released into the environment as well, too. Mm. And he finishes his official statement with this, quote, many questions remain unanswered about the quality of the braking system used, the durability of the repair parts in the trains, and the transportation department's regulatory approach to our nation's rail system. Aside from this incident, there is a troubling trend of catastrophic infrastructure problems in our country. And more than a few reports of sabotage. My office will be investigating these concerns in the weeks to come. The reason I read this is because we've had multiple uh, hot, crazy air balloons. uh, Many people call them spy balloons, unidentified flying objects going over North America, uh, both Canada and Mm -hmm. the U.S., Brains are being completely derailed. Chicken farms are blowing up, right? Just crazy explosions that are happening at chicken farms. Chicken feed is poisoning chickens so they can't lay eggs. There's water sabotage at water uh, filtration plants that are basically... They're finding that the water is getting poisoned in the U.S. as well, too. All this stuff is happening, and it's all happening right around now we've kind of moved into the age of sabotage now some people are saying all this is coincidental but what's happening here is there's a lot of stories that are happening in a small amount of time Mm -hmm. in America and it kind of seems like it's a coordinated attack Mm. now the other end now the U.S. is not (laughs) innocent of coordinated attacks of sabotage uh, of a sabotage like nature and On that note, there is a man, he is named Seymour Hirsch. Now, he is a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative journalist, right? And he is making the claim that there is a little rural town in Panama. It's called Panama City, which is on the panhandle of Florida, very close to the Alabama, Alabama border, where they train deep water divers for decades who are then... Assigned to America, uh, American military units worldwide, and they're tech and they're basically capable of technical diving to do good things, mm-hmm. uh, like using C4 explosives to clear harbors and beaches of debris and unexploded ordinances. But also bad things like blowing up foreign oil rigs, fouling oh. intake valves for undersea power plants, destroying locks on crucial shipping canals, and the Panama City Center. Is essentially the second largest indoor pool in America, and this is where he is making the claim that 260 feet under the surface of the water, they have been training to plant explosives on what they call the Nord Stream 2 pipeline under the Baltic Sea. Now, this is interesting to me because I just went over the Baltic Sea uh, literally two days ago to go to Estonia, which there's a beautiful Italian restaurant there called La Prima. We were talking about Italian restaurants earlier. This place is really, really good, and it's got a live lemon tree growing right in the middle of the restaurant, and it's really delicious. But you have to go over the Baltic Sea, 98 kilometers from Helsinki to Tallinn, the city there in Estonia. Underneath the very same sea that I just went over, Seymour Hirsch uh, is making the claim that these Navy divers under the cover of a widely publicized Midsummer NATO exercise known as the mm-hmm. ball tops 22 back in, uh, I think June or July during this, you know, exercise, they planted remotely triggered explosives that three months later destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines Now these Nord Stream pipelines carry natural gas between, uh, they carry natural gas between Russia and Germany uh and so basically the money has been flowing just as the natural gas has been flowing and now the money and the natural gas are the the money and the natural gas are no longer flowing because there's been an explosion but what he's saying is this explosion took place uh because of a CIA secret operation that was planned. What happened was, the way he describes it is these divers, under instructions of President uh, Biden, uh, they saw the pipelines as a vehicle for Vladimir Putin to weaponize natural gas for his political and territorial ambitions. And so Biden says, hey, I want you to go plant explosives on the Nord Stream. But then last minute, uh, he changes his mind. He says, I don't want you to explode it yet. Instead, I want you to give me the ability to make these explosions go off at a time of my choosing in the future, and so they're thinking, okay, how do we do this? How do we figure this out? And there's a, a professor from MIT who had the solution, and they created a sonar buoy that would release a special key note that was very a unique sound, kind of like a flute or a piano sound that was very very unique chord. Mm -hmm. When the buoy sounds off this solar or this uh, sonar sound, it would cause the pipelines to uh, be destroyed by the explosion going off with this trigger that was done by the auditory sonar. Now, what happened is they send an airplane over after these divers go to the bottom of the sea. They send an airplane over three months later that signals the sonar buoy. The, the, The sonar sound is sent off. It takes three hours to get to the explosive device, and then three of the four pipelines are destroyed, essentially uh, canceling the natural gas flow between Germany and Russia. Mm-hmm. And all of this he's saying is it was actually planned before the war between Russia and Ukraine. And so, this is kind of a crazy story to me because like we're literally living in an age of sabotage. Like we we've, we've heard all these stories and spy things and everything that's happening all around. But like now we're living in a, in an age where country is battling against country and there's wars and rumors of wars and, and wars that are happening openly between Russia and Ukraine, but also like (laughs) underwater wars that are happening between the U S and Russia and even Germany, which is crazy because Germany was benefiting from the natural gas pipelines, and now the United States is the primary natural gas provider for all of Europe. Mm. So if you follow the money and you follow what's actually happening here, we're starting to see a pattern of countries sabotaging one another from inside. Mm -hmm. And it just gives us this understanding. We are living in an age where there are wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and pestilences and sicknesses that are happening and famines all around the world because Jesus is coming back soon.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: With Blake and Lawson, where we're setting sail onto a wild journey through history with some quiz clues. Absolutely.
1: So, we know this person. They're 930 years old. But our next clue for 300 points. Here we go. Seth is my son. This person uh, has a son. Wow. Its name is Seth. Well, his name. His name is Seth. <laughs> its name is Seth. His name is Seth. It's not. It's not their dog. It's their son. If you know who this is, 0491-064-669 is the number to call. This one's a little bit easier, guys. You know, these are these are pretty, you know, substantial characters within the Bible. If you know who had a son named Seth, 0491-064-669 is the number to call a text. And if you call or text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this month. I mean, no, this week, this week, which is simply put by Lauren Wade, as well as letters from a skeptic by Edward and Greg Boyd. We'll get that to you for free. You just have to win the draw to get in the draw. Just have to answer clues correctly. Cool. Thanks, Lawson. I appreciate that. We are
0: joined with us live here from Helsinki. I think we're still in Helsinki.
2: I hope so. With Mikael Takama. Yes, huva good. good morning in Finnish. <laughs> okay. Can you say that? Say it slowly. Huva huomenta. Huva huomenta. pretty good. Huva <laughs> huomenta. That's
0: awesome. Uh Mikael, we are we've been going on a little journey about the protestant history of the baltic lands a couple days ago we did a story on estonia and our time that we spent there and that was kind of an interesting uh little journey through history because we found out that it's basically a religious as a company as a country which is it seems like that's setting a trend for some things as well that we're going to talk about later on but then yesterday, uh your uncle-in-law, I guess he is called. Yes,
2: yeah, that's, that's
0: what he is. Nowadays. Uncle-in-law, uh, Mar- Martinez, Martinez yeah. yeah, he talked about Lithuania and the church there and how much they love basketball. <laughs> uh, and so we got some comments about... They're pretty good, in it? They? They're really good at uh basketball, actually. But we got some comments for some people who were thinking about being a missionary to Lithuania. Oh, that's awesome. And we're basically kind of on this journey now. We've gone, talked about Estonia, talked about uh, Latvia a little yeah. bit, and now Lithuania. But Now I want to talk about the Baltic state. That's not a Baltic state. (laughs) It's actually a Nordic
2: state. Yeah. Part of,
0: is it part of Scandinavia?
2: Yeah. Kind of like culturally, but I think officially, no, it's like a Nordic country. Yeah. But not officially part of Scandinavia. So it's questionably Scandinavian. Yeah. It's like borderline. Exceptionally Nordic. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a Nordic country for sure. Yeah.
0: So we're going to talk about Finland. Cool. Or Suo, Suomen? Suomi. Suomi.
2: Suomesta, about Finland.
0: Okay. Suomesta, about Finland. It's, uh, and the reason that I find this country so interesting, I want to go back several hundred years to the 1600s. This is where I want to start the story. Cool. Okay. Cause we've been in Finland for a while. I, I've been here for a little while. We've been reporting live. We've been doing mission work. We've been talking about Koivako, talking about Adra work, uh, mm. with Martinez in, uh, Helsinki, we've been talking about the, the church work in Finland, but I want to go back to before it was Finland. Cool. It actually
2: belonged to Sweden. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For several hundred years. It's actually quite a recent thing that Finland got its independence. Right. So before we got to the independence of Finland, it's
0: part of the Swedish kingdom.
2: Yeah. It's over here doing its thing, kind of on the border with
0: Russia. Yeah. And then the Protestant Reformation happens. How does. Let's talk about that for just a little while. How does this Protestant Reformation happen? How does the gospel reach Suomesta? Or no, Suomi. Suomen.
2: Right. Right. Uh, Finland. Well, well, first of all, as you said, uh, Finland was under the Swedish rule back in those days. And uh, the Swedish reformers, as well as the one very famous reformer, Mikael Agricola, from Finland, they all studied. So Mikael Agricola. Yes, Mikael Agricola. Okay, so he was like the main guy. He was like the Martin Luther of Finland. Okay, so those guys, and he kind of invented the written word of Finnish, right? Yes, like written language of Finnish. Right. He he invented, it. yeah, yeah. So um, they were all studying under Martin Luther in Wittenberg. So they got their education firsthand from Martin Luther and Philip Melanchthon, and they brought Lutheranism to Finland. There was also a lot of political and economical reasons to do that, but Mikhail Agricola was the one who was in charge of the Reformation in the Finnish side of of the Swedish Kingdom. Wow! So, Mikhail
0: he he studies with uh, Melanchthon and with with Martin Luther. Yeah. He that, comes... That's like the Bible School of that time. Yeah, that Europe. is like the... the hot spot to be in Europe all those Absolutely. times. Absolutely, that's the Protestant universe. Yeah, that's pro Yeah, bro, <laughs> Yeah, and so they're studying at pro-U that he comes over and then he he just changes the whole game here in Sweden
2: at the time. That is Sweden. Yeah, yeah, it, it belongs to Sweden. Well, it is like. Finland of Sweden, I guess you could say. But yeah, he, he established um, the written language of Finnish and he made the first ABC book and uh, like uh, translated the New Testament into Finnish. And it was not like a radical reformation like it like it was in Germany or stuff like that. So it was more, how would I say, quiet, which is very uh, appropriate for the... the quiet protest, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is very Finnish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. So, so like... It happened, but it happened maybe more quietly. I think maybe in Sweden, it was a bit more loud. I'm not saying that it wasn't like influential, it definitely was and it was a big change that was taking place, but it was not as radical and rapid perhaps. So it was more about like educating the people and, and like translating the word of God into the Finnish language, also into the Swedish language, also on the Sweden side with, with the reformers there. That's the interesting
0: thing about Finland. Even now to this day, you go to the, all the signs
2: everywhere, mm-hmm. they're in Finnish and Swedish yeah. still. Yeah, still because there is. But the, not Russian. No, 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 because there is a, there's a huge uh, Swedish like language minority here. Like they are Finns, but they speak Swedish. So, mm-hmm. so that's why we have like usually. Two languages and all the science. And now there's a little bit of a
0: there was a time there where Russia ruled Finland yeah, later on. So. Yeah. But in the middle there, between where it was ruled by Sweden and before the Russians ruled it in the early nineteen hundreds there. Uh, or 1800, the 18, 1800s, 1800s to it. the 1900s. Yeah. yeah. It was 1917 is when yeah, the, when the, when the independence happened. Finnish independence yeah. happened, which is what right after World War I, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. So when before all that happens with the Russians, Finland is trying to get its national identity. Now you would think that Finland would actually be a. Protestant nation as it's coming into its own as yeah. it's coming as the baby but that's not the case huh? well
2: I guess like predominantly it was very Protestant and actually to go a little bit back so um, I think the Swedes lost a war uh, against the Russians so the Russians actually took over Finland so while Finland was uh, ruled by the Russians they gave Finland quite like quite vast autonomy and that autonomy enabled the finnish nationalism to spring forth but the interesting thing about finnish nationalism was that it was not really based on any christianized protestant ideas i mean like that definitely impacted that but the but there was a rise of neo-paganism or not necessarily neo-paganism at that that point but like this romanticization of the old finnish mythology that's very similar to the nordic mythology so they kind of like refound that or maybe not refound but like they just like went to search for it, actually, like some of the national poets, like they went to search for it. They wanted to write it down. Uh, a lot of these people were influenced by like theosophy or occultism, like, you know, like in the late 1800s when they were like, and, and Freemasonry and stuff like that. So it was like more, mostly like this. Uh, romanticization of the old mythology that was like giving inspiration so not for, quite norse mythology it's finnish mythology yeah, it's fin- its
0: own thing
2: yeah but i guess like you could still say that estonian finnish the Norse mythology like there's very similar elements to it this is sort of basically that the names of the gods are changed right but, but there's like very very essential similarities and what you're saying
0: as well too is like freemasonry uh, theosophy, theosophy occultism, occultism uh, magic—you know, yeah. the, uh, magic secret societies—had yeah, yeah. a huge play and a huge impact in the development of Finland as a nation.
2: Yeah, because there was um, like, so like obviously the most most of the nation was Protestant, like conservative Protestant. Mm-hmm. But then there was this minority, like elite minority. I'm not sorry if I can call them elite, but they were like the cultural architects. So they so they were just coming together and trying to figure out like what is it that makes Finns Finns. And so they thought that, well, maybe it's the old um old stories, like the mythological stories. And so one of the like the poets went around like um in the rural rural areas writing down the stories that these people were telling and like different um, magic spells. And so they just were like kind of like reawakened. Uh, and popularized this, this, uh, this old beliefs, I guess, in some way. And then they actually compiled a book out of them, which is called Kalevala. And Kalevala. Fun, yeah. Fun fact. It actually, uh, was like, uh, a big inspiration for Lord of the Rings series as well. Like, okay. So Kalevala. Like, Kalevala. Yeah. This, uh, Finnish. It's like tomb more Bible. It's kind of like, of uh, Idias poetry or Ilias and Odyssey. This is yeah. The, Greek, Greek. the Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Iliad's uh, Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So that's kind of like the equivalent of that. The Iliad. Sorry. Yeah. The Iliad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the equivalent of that in, in the Finnish mythology. Okay. It's kind of like the whole, it's, it's compiled holy scriptures of the, of the Finnish mythology. That's interesting. Okay. So that plays a huge impact on
0: really where we have come now today. So like let's, regardless of the rulers of Sweden, the, the rulers of Russia. The Finnish people in the 1900s, early 1900s, were predominantly, like
2: almost exclusively, uh, Christian. Yeah. Basically, like 98% of the population belonged to the Lutheran church. The rest of them still believed in, like, they, they were a part of other religious
0: So that's now, so that
2: was in 1900. Yeah.
0: Let's fast forward to 20, you know, 23.
2: Is it still the same thing? No, at the moment it's like about sixty-five percent of the population uh, belong to the Lutheran Church, and about thirty plus thirty at the moment are identifying as as non-religious or they don't they are not belonging into any church. So, so
0: we've gone from zero percent of non-believers essentially, like ninety-eight percent, to yeah. now it's a, more than a third of the country yeah. is
2: irreligious. Yeah. Well, the secularism is definitely there. Biggest growing, quote unquote, religion. <laughs> so it's the biggest growing, like fastest growing, worldview at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, you know, definitely. If it's not a religion, it's definitely a worldview. Yeah, because it impacts how everyone lives their life. This, yeah, the commodification of everything, mm. the the materialism. Um, Uh, like if I buy these things, the, he who dies with the most toys wins
2: kind of thought. Yeah. 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 And there are interesting developments that also influence that. Obviously, it's, there's not just one reason why we are now here. We are where we are, but definitely, um, theosophy, occultism, those things were, there was, there were a huge uh, impact. I don't know if you've heard about anthroposophy, but like in Finland, I think there are more Steiner schools, which are anthroposophical schools than Christian school. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay. So uh like a lot of a lot of the people would have gone through the Steiner schools and I mean like I mean everybody has the right to believe what they want I, I, of course but like still that impacts the philosophical or the ideological atmosphere Because of kind country.
0: of in yeah. a nutshell Steiner schools essentially uh teach well really don't teach they allow the the students to discover the information that they they want to learn from within.
2: Yeah, it's not so much that it, the teaching comes from outside external education. It's more like finding the inspiration within yourself so they don't have school books, for example. And it has been quite popular amongst the cultural influencers and even politicians and just like people from the upper middle class to send their kids to the to the Steiner schools.
0: And this this is what's really interesting to me, and this plays out. So if you're going to a educational system That what, and what you just said too, really just, it really kind of just blows my mind. It's saying that inspiration comes from within. Yeah. Now, as a Bible believing Christian, we believe that inspiration comes from God, Mm. right? So that, so essentially what the Steiner schools are teaching, maybe not purposefully, or maybe it is purposely behind the scenes that you're essentially divine.
2: I guess there is, there is, and that's somehow, that, that and that of plays out in society. Yeah, I mean, like, anthroposophy is very influenced by, by theosophy, so that kind of makes sense because there are those sorts of thoughts that you kind of rise beyond religion, and then you compile the wisdom out of all the religions of the world, and and then, like, that the spark of divinity from yourself. Um, Which so, the Bible teaches that that spark yeah, of divinity yeah. comes because you're created in the image yeah, of the creator. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. And so so all of these like of course there's darwinism and existentialism and all of those things but there's just basically neutralizing society and like kind of throwing Christianity out of the out of window little by little and yeah this is where we are now we need missionaries send them. <laughs> so
0: now we're living in an age where it's very very difficult to yeah. fight against this wave of secularism yeah. Yeah. Uh, That, that's being uh, taught even in the educational system of Finland as well, too. But you're saying we need missionaries, send them because you're fighting against a tide of secularism. Yeah.
2: And we, we need a lot of people who can be empathetic and understanding because there's also like a lot of, there's also understandable resent towards, towards Christianity and the way how things have been dealt with. For example, existential philosophy, like this resistance of the institutional Lutheran church. Like, I think, like in many, many, many ways, it also makes sense. So like we need people who are understanding of the individualistic culture and understand the people who are here and are able to communicate with them. And uh, like that's, that's something like you, we need people who can see these people and understand them well. Well, them I well.
0: want to talk about that understanding and I want to talk about how you have gone on that journey with Oikos, sure. the church plant that you were a part of that you kind of let out yeah. uh, here tomorrow. So. Tomorrow, right here on Faith FM, uh, Mikhail is going to come back and we're going to talk about how to battle against the Steiner secularism (laughs) of the Suome people in Finland here. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.